Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Latin Poetry Podcast. I'm Chris Franchese, and I have for you today the third of Ovid's letters from heroines, the Heroides. This one is from Briseis to Achilles. Uh, it's one of the harder ones for modern readers, I think, because uh, Briseis is a slave and Achilles her master. Uh, the, the status imbalance between the lovers is just extreme in a way that makes it seem almost absurd to even talk about love. Um, how are these two really lovers? Her, his rights over her are total and include the right to use her sexually and abandon her at any time that he wishes, and she totally understands this. Uh, she has no recognized claim on him, as, say, in the first letter, Penelope does on Odysseus, or Phyllis on Demophon in the second letter. Uh, today, uh, we tend to like our relationships equal or at least you know complementary in some way and um, we like our heroines powerful assertive and effective but briseis is quite literally powerless um, now of course in the ancient world as in any slave society uh, it was a fact of life right that slaves and freed slaves of both sexes were sometimes sexual partners for their masters um, male and female and there are many recorded examples of this uh, sometimes, you know, very happy long-term relationships. You think of the Emperor Vespasian and his um, his freed slave concubine uh, lived together as man and wife for for um, uh, many years. All right, so uh, it it might be a position of some privilege for a slave if you think about it. You know, in, in that it involved close access to the master. Briseis has a moment where she talks about how the other slaves look at her. Uh, it's interesting. Ovid employs um, mythology in his usual way, right, to get inside of a kind of relationship, right? This is how he uses mythology um, with, and he does it with great human sympathy as always. This is why we love Ovid. Uh, I'd say that Briseis's eloquence and her, really her brilliance in this letter show you that you don't always need to have power to have dignity. All right, so the situation is just after Iliad Book 9, uh, when Achilles has surrendered Briseis to Agamemnon. And just to remind you, when Agamemnon had been forced to give his female captive Chryseis back to her father, uh, this is the beginning of the Iliad, he consoled himself by taking Briseis from Achilles. Uh, and she was uh, taken from the tent of Achilles by the herald Talthibius and Eurybates, Eurybates, and these two uh, guys are mentioned uh, twice in the very first section of this poem. So listen for that, Talthibius and Eurybates. When Achilles, in his wrath at Agamemnon and the, his sort of, you know, at the dishonor that this involves, because it'll happen in public, uh, kept out of battle for, um, for the duration. He's like, that's it. I'm taking my marbles and going home. And the Greeks accordingly suffered defeats and many, many deaths. And Agamemnon, in desperation, uh, eventually sends three men to Achilles to try to get him to come back. This is Ajax, Odysseus, and Phoenix. Uh, through this embassy, which takes up Book 9 of the Iliad, Agamemnon offers Achilles uh, handsome reparations, uh, you know, material reparations, and the restoration of Briseis if he will fight. But as you recall, Achilles refuses. Ovid picks up on uh, Homer's statement that Briseis initially in book one went from Achilles' tent unwillingly. 
is line 348. Uh, and he sort of picks up on that little hint to imagine her writing this loving and reproachful letter immediately after the failure of the embassy, when Achilles might have recovered her, but chose not to. All right, so what I'm going to do as usual is just sort of put this into sections and read you a, uh, my own literal English translation of Latin with some brief comments and then read the Latin. So hopefully you'll be able to sort of understand the Latin um, and when I read it aloud and experience it, you know, in that live fashion. All right, so the first 16 lines go like this in English. Um, she, she begins, this, the letter you read comes from stolen Briseis, rapta Briseida. So she, that foregrounds her status as, as a captive. Its Greek is not well written by a is her is badly written by a barbaric hand, barbarica manu. So she obviously foregrounds her status as both a slave and an outsider right away. Any deletions you see have been made by tears, but tears also have the force of words. So this is a sort of common thing in Ovid that when lovers are writing letters, they're crying on the letter. <laughs> you can't you can't see the can't see the characters. If it is right for me to make a few complaints about you as a master. And as a man, well, here the word is wiro, so it could mean husband, dominoque wiroque. It's a sort of interestingly ambiguous word. I will complain about you as master and as a man or as a husband. It is not your fault that I was quickly handed over to the king, that's Agamemnon, when he asked. Yet this too was your fault, she changes her mind. This too is your fault, for as soon as Eurybates and Talthybius called me, I was given as a companion of Eurybius, uh, Eurybates and Talthybius. Looking at each other, they silently asked where our love was. I could have been put off. In other words, my surrender could have been put off. You could have waited. Delay would have been free of penalty. Alas, as you departed, you gave me no kisses. But I cried endlessly and ripped my hair. It seemed like I, luckless woman, was captured a second time. Quam legis a rapta briseida litera venit, vix bene barbarica graica notata manu. Quas cum quad spicies lacrimae fecera lituras, sed tamen et lacrimae pondera vocis habent, Si mihi pauca queri de te dominoque viroque facest, de domino pauca viroque querar. Non ego poscenti quod sum cito tradita regi, culpa tu est. Quam vis haecoque culpa tu est, nam simul eu rubates me tal thibiusque vocarunt, eu rubati data sum. Tal thibioque comes, alter in alterius jactantes lumina vultum, quae rebant taciti, noster ubeset amor. Deferri potui, poinae mora grata fuisset. Eh, mihi, discedens oscula nulla dedi, at lacrimas sine fine dedi, Rupique capillos infelix citerum sum hi visa capi.
Okay, in the next section, Ovid retells the events described in the Iliad relating to Briseis, but entirely through Briseis's emotional reactions to them. That's the focus. When she was in Agamemnon's hut, she wanted desperately to escape by night, um, but she was terrified of being picked up by the Trojans. So this is, goes beyond what anything that's in Homer. Uh, she shows that she understands that handing her over was necessary. She's a danda, danda fui. I was, I had to be handed over. Uh, but she's angry that she's not being demanded back by Achilles. At one point, she gets kind of sarcastic and tells Achilles, essentially, you know, some lover you are, no one will believe it. Um, the, way he, the way she puts it is, you know, go now and have the name of a desirous lover, inoket kubiti nomen amantis habe, uh, which is interesting. Is the, the idea that she, you know that he would be sort of talking about how much he loves Briseis, and she imagines people not taking him seriously based on his conduct. Um, okay, so uh, then she describes the embassy in very you know sort of catalog terms, um, and she describes her talk with Patroclus, who tries to reassure her. So these are anchored in the Iliad itself. Uh, and Ovid has, he really shows close familiarity with the details of the Iliad. It's very different than Herodes one, where he plays somewhat fast and loose with the details of the Odyssey. Um, here it's, you know, it's very particular, but in making the two of them lovers, he goes well beyond what Homer says. So it's like, there, there's no, he's not changing Homer. He's just adding stuff into the gaps. And this, it's this modernization um, that you know, of making Achilles into this faithless lover uh, is where the letter gets a lot of its wit and piquancy, um, I think. All right, so here's the translation line 17 to 38. Uh, she says, often I wanted to escape my guards and return, but there was an enemy who would catch timid me. I was afraid that if I had advanced, in other words, if I'd gone out, I would be caught at night and go as a gift to some daughter-in-law of Priam, quam libidad priamin munus itura nurum. Priam, of course, famously has 50 daughters-in-law. But I, but granted that I was given, I was handed over because it was necessary that I be given over, handed over, I have been away so many nights and I am not being demanded back. You are sluggish and your wrath is slow. So this is slightly sarcastic. Mr. Mr. Anger, you know, his, his anger is not very fast. Patroclus himself said into my ear as I was handed over, why do you weep? You'll be back soon. To not have been demanded back is a small thing. You make efforts that I not be returned, Achilles. Go, go now and wear the name of a desirous lover. The sons of Telamon and Amintor, that's Ajax and Phoenix, have come to you. One closer to you in degree of blood, that's Ajax, and the other, your companion, that's Phoenix. And so those two, Telamon and Mentor, Telamon and Ajax, and the son of Laertes have come. He came too, that's Odysseus. Um, I was to return escorted by them. They added to their winning pleas massive gifts, 20 yellow cauldrons, of well-worked bronze <clears throat> and seven tripods of equal weight and workmanship added to these were 10 talents of gold 12 champion horses and what is quite superfluous beautiful girls from lesbos bodies captured when their house was demolished 
and with so many of these, uh, one of Agamemnon's three daughters as a wife. But you do not need a wife. All right, here's the Latin for that section. Sai pego de kepto volui custode reverti, sed me qui timidam prenderet hostis erat. Si progressa forem, caperer ne nocte timebam, quam libet ad priami munus itura nurum. Sed data sim, quia danda fui. Tot noctibus absum nec repetor. Cessas irraque lenta tu est. Ipse menoi tiades tum cum tradebar in aurem, quid fles hic parvo tempore dixit eris. Nec repetise parum, pungnas ne redar Achille, inunc et cupidi nomen amantes habe. Vene runt ad te telemon et damuntra nati, ille gradu propior sanguinis ille comes, la ertaque satus, per quos comitata redirem. Auxe runt blandas grandia dona preces, viginti fulvos operos ex aire lebetas, et tripodas septem pondret arte pares, Adita sunt illis auri bis quinque talenta, bis sex ad sueti vincere semper equi. Quodque super vacuest, forma praestante puellae, lespides e versa corpora capta domo. Cumque tot his, sed non opus est tibi coniuge, coniux, ex agamem noniis, una puella tribus. Okay, in the next section, this is lines 39 to 66, uh, Abed turns up the pathos a, a bit um, by giving us some insight into uh, Briseis's backstory and her background and the fact we learned that Achilles has murdered her entire family and destroyed her city. And uh, so this just, <laughs> it, it's kind of incomprehensible that she's... Um, you know, in love with him, but she is. And uh, I think that the way Ovid treats it, he chooses to treat it um, in the way that Homer treats really Hector and Andromache in book six of the Iliad, where she, where Andromache says to Hector at one point, you know, all of my brothers and my father and my family has been killed. You are my, you are my family, Hector. Um, and this is when she's pleading with him not to go back out into battle against Achilles. Uh, and it's just a scene of, you know, tremendous beauty and pathos. And um, uh, Ovid chooses to elevate Briseis's love for Achilles to that, to that level, uh, to the Hector and Andromache level, um, by uh, alluding to that scene, I think. Um, and then the second part of this is uh, this chunk is where she is has been told that Achilles has threatened to leave. This is what happens at the very end of book nine or towards the end. He he essentially says, that's it. I'm actually going home. And he doesn't do that. But um, the Ovid imagines her reaction to hearing that rumor. And she's just devastated. She's like, I want the earth to swallow me up before that ever happens. 
All right, so she starts with her complaint about the embassy. Um, you refuse to accept those things, which you should have given if I had to be purchased by you from Agamemnon. By what fault did I deserve to become cheap to you, Achilles? Or does grim fate relentlessly pursue the unhappy? Uh, nor does a gentler hour come for evils that have been begun. I'm sorry, that's an awful translation, but uh, the Latin says, nec venit inceptis molior ora malis, does one. I have seen the walls of Lernessus, this is her home, demolished by your Mars, Tua Marte, which is of course a common metonymy by your, your warfare. And I myself was a great part of my fatherland. Um, it's interesting, she says, fueram patriae pars ego magna mei. So this is Abbot asserting her status and her dignity before she comes to Achilles, right? So the, the Latin says, I was a great part of my fatherland. What it means is that I was a person of great consequence in my country. I saw three who had the same mother as me fall, owners of a common lineage and death. Uh, and that's a very nice zugma. Consortes pariter generisque necisque. I saw my husband fall at full length to the ground. So now we learn that she was married writhing convulsively with bloody breast. Uh, it's quite graphic. Pectora yactantem sanguinolenta virum. Actually, it's, uh, she, he, uses, he uses bloody twice, cruenta and sanguinolenta. So, Vidi quantus erat fusum tellure cruenta pectora yactantem sanguinolenta virum. My, and the, the key word husband is postponed to the end of that couplet. And so you get this picture of a man writhing in his own blood and the last word you hear is husband. Nevertheless, with so many lost, I took consolation in you alone. I guess this, this is his response. This is Ovid's understanding of the psychology. I, you, this was my consolation for all that loss. You were my master. You, my husband. You were brother to me. You swore to me by the divine power of your water-dwelling mother. Uh, this is Thetis, of course, uh, delightfully described as matris aquosai, watery mother. Uh, you kept saying that it was good for me to have been captured. What? So that you might reject me, even though I come with a rich dowry? So that you might flee the wealth that is being given to you along with me? So that's another bid for status. She's she's uxor dotata. She's not just a captive here. She is she comes with um, material possessions. Yeah. There is even a rumor that you want to give sail to the cloud-bearing wind when tomorrow's dawn breaks. When this crime came to the fearful ears of wretched me, my breast lost its blood and its sense. Um, you will go, and wretched me, to whom, violent one, do you leave me? When I have been deserted, who will be a gentle solace to me? I pray that I may be swallowed up by a sudden gaping of the earth, or incinerated by the red fire of a lightning bolt, before the sea grows white with the salient oars without me, and I, abandoned, see your ships go. Yeah, this is an intense passage. All right, so line 39 to 66. Si tibaba tride 
pretio redimenda fuissem, quae dare debueras, a cipre le negas. Qua merui culpa fieri tibi vilis Achille. Quo levis a nobis tam cito fugit amor. An miseros tristis fortuna tenacitur urget, nec venit inceptis mollior ora malis. Di ruta Marte tuo lurnesia moinia vidi. Et fueram patriae pars ego magna meae. Vidi consortes pariter generisque necisque tres cecidisse, quibus quae mihi mater erat. Vidi, quantus erat, fusum telure cruenta, pectura iactantem sanguinolenta virum. Tot tamen amisis te compensabimus unum. Tu dominus, tu vir, tu mihi frater eras. Tu mihi iuratus per numina matris aquosae, utile dicebas ipse fuisse capi. Scilicet, ut quam vis veniam dotata repellas, et mecum fugias, quae tibi dantur opes. Quin etiam famest, cum crastina fulsiret eos, te dare nubiferis lintia velle notis. Quod scelus ut pavidas, miserae mihi contigit aures, sanguinis at quanimi pectus inane fuit. Ives et, o miseram, qui me violente relinquis, quis mihi desertae mite levamen eret. Devoror ante precor, subito telurus iatu, aut rutilo misi fulminis inne cremer, quam sine me ftiis canescant aicure remis, et videam pupes ire relicta tuas. Okay, that was the first half of uh, Herodes 3, and uh, I'll come back next time in the next episode and finish off that poem. Hope you're enjoying this series on the Herodes. Uh, please leave me a comment or on the blog or uh, send me an email uh, with your comments and reactions. I'd love to hear them. Thanks a lot. Uh, hope to see you next time. Bye-bye.